Hello and welcome to this week's My News Wrap, news from the SAP and Microsoft ecosystem and the world in between. So let's start with um, my general block about, about news that I usually have. And this time I will have an additional part at the end of the, the session where I will purely focus on the DSHG um, Technology Day, so the German-speaking user group um, technology place the days that took place this week. So let's first um, start with um, the usual news, kind of usual news. So um, from the SAP area, of course, um, Rise with SAP is heavily pushed by... Um, the social media team of SAP. So there are quite some announcements. So one new announcement was um, the role of partners with uh, Rise with SAP, which is um, quite clearly defined in this um, message by SAP. It's about hyperscalers who provide the infrastructure. It's about consulting and system integrators. It's about resellers and software partners. Um, I think. Uh, I'm looking forward how this will evolve because I see quite some competition in there, especially when you think about that some system integrators or some consulting companies also want to provide infrastructural services and so on and so forth. Now let's see how that evolves, but at least one new announcement. And of course, another announcement um, that there is a rise with SAP organization that is formed within SAP and Brian Duffy is leading it. Um, that, quite frankly speaking, gives me a bit of a headache um, because that resembles a lot to the SAP Leonardo story uh, that did not really pick up. Um, so we, we have now kind of, a, as far as I understood, some kind of virtual some virtual umbrella or, or, or bracket around several areas. Um, my experience with that is that it that never really works out, but let's see um, how uh, that will um, rise and shine within the SAP organization. Now concerning the formerly known SAP Cloud Platform, now known as Business Technology Platform, at least a part of the Business Technology Platform, there is one, again, as usual, great blog post by uh, Tobias Hoffmann. Um, first of all, I really like that he now always puts kind of a short uh, song text at the beginning of his blog posts. That's always fitting. Um, it's his thought about the transition of the SAP, tech, SAP Cloud Platform to the Business Technology Platform. Um, what's good about it, but also what problems are not solved by just renaming it. Um, there's also, you should read the blog post until the end because there's also some kind of a call to action for developers that makes sense from my perspective. Now, talking about the business technology platform and the SAP Cloud Platform, I want to highlight that the Roadmap Explorer of SAP was completely aligned with this um, um, rebranding. So we have now really the, the business technology platform as a, as a pure product, which now embraces all the um, topics underneath. and. Here you can now clearly see the advantages of the new uh, format of the uh, roadmaps. 
So you can really take a look what's coming, um, in which area is it coming, uh, a lot of filtering options. Um, and it goes quite into the future. So we have really already kind of product visions that go up to 2023, which is quite cool. Um, of course, as usual with SAP, that's gated. So you need an S user in order to access it. Makes absolutely no sense from my perspective, but that's what it is. Now that was already all around uh, the SAP Cloud Platform um, concerning the Cloud Application Programming Model. There is a new release that was um, shipped uh, in January 2021. I referenced the release notes in the um, show notes. So you can take a look what what happens, what's new in the Node.js runtime and in Java runtime, especially when it comes to important changes because they are often breaking changes. Um, then uh, with respect to Kima or in general with respect to um, developer missions on the developer.sap.com landing page, uh, I think partially due to the fact that there have been hands-on during the DSAG technology days that took place, there have been quite some updates within the um, missions and within the tutorials there. And um, for example, there is now an SAP CUP tutorial, um, which uh, deploys a CUP application onto Kima that was also executed during the um, DSAG technology days. So um, definitely something worth to take a look at. Now talking about uh, Kima and open source projects at the SAP area, there is also one anniversary that I would like to highlight, and that's the anniversary of Gardener. That's another um, great open source project by, driven by SAP, um, which is an open source Kubernetes management. And there is also a session that was available at TechEd on that topic, a really cool session, really diving into the depth of Gardener. I really enjoyed that. That was the, the favorite of last year's TechEd for me. And this blog now kind of summarizes what happened within the last three years, starting from the very first commit um, on, on the Gardener repository um, and what happened since then, and also what, what other lessons learned um, with respect to um, building Gardener, running Gardener as open source, and also what's happening within 2021. So, another member of the great open source contributions of SAP. Then um, there is another podcast that I want to highlight by um, Christian Michel, uh, Close the Gap format. So it's about DevOps for SAP. As usual, um, his uh, podcasts are in German only. So um, for non-German speaking um, listeners, watchers, uh, that's not applicable for you, I guess, but um, for the, the German-speaking folks, um, I think that's definitely worth it. It's also, I think, a, a quite hot topic around SAP at the moment. This DevOps thing is because I think all the stuff comes more and more together, for example, also with uh, Project Piper and Azure DevOps as a, as a technical tool for DevOps. So, yeah, recommend it to listen to. 
Now that was it for the SAP part of the house. Let's switch to the Microsoft part. Um, that was one blog post that's um, highlighting um, the expanded SAP Microsoft partnership that was um, published on the Microsoft Azure uh, page uh, that puts at least a bit more, more flash into the bones of this uh, partnership um, and also highlights or gives more insights what will, will happen. I mean, it's an, an early stage up to now, but at least you get a better idea from my perspective than uh, from the um, announcements that um, SAP made. So if you are around that area, that's uh, definitely worth uh, reading to take, yeah, to, to get the complete picture. Now, um, in the serverless area, not too much happened, but there is one great blog post that I want to highlight, and that's moving from service to serverless. Um, it's a blog post that's done by a customer of Microsoft, and it's highlighting their cloud native journey over the last 12 months, moving from service to, to serverless approach. And what's really great about this blog post is it's not only talking about that serverless is great, which it is indeed. I, I'm a big fan of serverless, I'm a big fan of functions, but it also highlights the topics like, um, where was it? Um, of course, the, the architectural topics about operations and observability, because you kind of have really a distributed system when you go down the path. So you have to think about observability. You have to think about how to operate the stuff and also about cost and cost optimization. Also a topic that's often forgotten when when you deal with, with serverless, because it's kind of the notion that you don't have to care about anything, but that's not really true. You have to think about some things and they are highlighted here within this blog post. That's why I really like this um, this thing. Now, one news from, from Microsoft, from the Power Platform area, so from the low-code serverless area, let's put it that way, um, they released the 2021 release wave one plan. Uh, so, so all the news around Power BI, Power Apps, um, Power Automate, and so on. And that's publicly available. You do not need any special user. I'm looking at USAP to access this um, news. So you just have to go to the link and then you can see what will come in this release wave one. Now, Let's move to the yeah, kind of different topics around Microsoft. Um, there is one um, Azure Fun Byte format around uh, Dapper. So if you do not know what, what Dapper is, um, it's um, uh, an open source contribution by Microsoft um, that is, um, gives you an event-driven runtime um, and helps you a lot with building microservices. Uh, this this thing is an introduction to this uh, Dapper framework. And there's also one post that came out this week, um, how Zeiss, so uh, the, the technology company around um, optics and um, all things around optics, um, made use of Dapper in order to build a platform agnostic microservice architecture. And they use Dapper and Azure Kubernetes services and Dapper kind of abstracts away all the specifics of, of a service bus of service discovery. And this blog post highlights Zeiss journey in using Dapper 
to make uh, this distributed system reality. So yeah, take a look at it. Then for my ops friends out there, um, there was, I don't know if it was, I think it was a conference, I'm not quite sure. Um, at least it was this week called IT Ops Talks, All Things Hybrid, with a lot of talks about operations in the um, Microsoft area, starting with a, with a keynote by Microsoft Azure CTO, and then really running through all the topics that you can think about in a hybrid environment. So Microsoft is quite aware of that hybrid environment, um, and they are really supporting customers in there. So if you are working in that area, if you want to take a look at that one and get um, some, um, yeah, some ideas, perhaps also how you can do that within the SAP area, here is something to binge watch this weekend. Then another point that I, I personally often stumble across um, all around security and um, doing the, the service principle stuff. Um, and there is one blog post in the Azure DevOps area that demystifies the service principles, namely the managed identities, which is one way how you can um, secure your applications and the access to your applications within the, the um, Azure area, within the Azure Active Directory. And this blog post kind of yeah, makes clear what's, what's all behind there. Because if you do that the very first time, yeah, it's a little bit of magic and you you not really know what you're doing usually and that's not good when it comes to security from my perspective so um take a look at this blog post if you are working in that area if you are dealing with managed identities because there are some insights in there now uh, let's switch to the area in between sap and microsoft so how can we bring those both worlds together and add value this week, there are two blog posts that came out that are really striking. The first one is SAP Business by Design now offers a Teams app. It's in beta. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with SAP Embrace or with this collaboration between SAP and Microsoft. It came out this week in the, in the new release, in the 2102 release of Business by Design. And it's really a, a deep integration of um, business by design into Teams. So it's not any political struggle around what do we put where, but it's what customers would expect. And why is that? If you take a look or if you listen to the Close the Gap episode um, that was published last year during the DSAG annual conference, there have been some interviews with different teams from SAP. And the very first interview was by the Business by Design team. And within this interview, they clearly stated how they work, how they work with requirements. And if I remember correctly, 90% of the requirements that go into a release are proposed by customers. And I would guess customers highly... Um, I wanted this deep integration of business by design with Microsoft Teams and they did not um, put much energy in political discussions. They just built it. And that's really cool. And that's really a lot of value, I think, for business by design customers. I hope 
SAP Embrace 2.0 will also go down the path and will bring up also these new cool features. Then there is a second uh, blog post by a very well-known figure in the um, in the area of SAP Microsoft, that's Bartosz Jakowski, who brought a, a blog post about automating the invoicing process, making use of Azure Logic apps and cognitive services. That's kind of a, a standard process. Um, but what is really striking is how easy it is to make that work with Azure Cognitive Services, of course, using Logic Apps as a glue code. Um, why do I stress that? Because I think this OCR topic was up to now often um, handled by specialized companies. So there are a lot of specialized um, consulting companies who do this, invo uh, this, this OCR topics, especially when it comes to invoicing. And I think where the, the path is leading is all this stuff will become commodity because this, this cognitive services are simply super effective and you don't need any specific artificial intelligence whatsoever OCR engine because you get it from Azure, from there's also something from Google. I think there is also a form recognizer from AWS. So yeah. Now another example on on how SAP Microsoft and combining those things really adds a lot of value, especially for example, in such an such an intake process. So you have data, you, you have it in a format, you have to bring it to the SAP system, you want to reduce the, the manual effort. So that's cool. Now, um, I didn't have any news about upcoming events, to be honest, um, but I have um, one news from, let's say, the developed productivity area. Uh, and that's around kind of using OBS and making your presentations really great with using kind of an online glass board. So um, there is, I think, yeah, this this image. Now listeners won't won't hear that, but I won't see that. They will hopefully hear it. Um, what you can do with with OBS and and some nice features of OBS in order to make yourself uh, online glass board. And of course, uh, Scott Hanselman picked that one up and showed that uh, with um, a few Microsoft tooling, so not PowerPoint, um, but I think with Microsoft Whiteboard, how you can make use of that. Okay, so um, that's basically it all around the news of SAP and Microsoft. So kind of the first part of this session. So now I want to switch to the DSAG Technology Days and give a short wrap up um, of the DSAG Technology Days. So I referenced within the show notes the official press uh, release, press notes about the DSAG uh, Technology Days uh, that was that came out. And I also referenced uh, first statement of the IT Online magazine. Um, on this uh, keynotes by that were given at the SA, at the DSAG technology days. Now um, that's all available within the show notes. Now I will shortly switch screen, and yeah, let's dive into the DSAG technology days and give a short wrap up and kind of my point of view to some topics. For those of you who who watched it, I will not really tell something brand new, I guess. Um, 
But anyway, so let's um, let's talk about what happened um, in this week. Uh, the DSG Technology Days took place uh, two days this week. Um, it was a virtual format as usual, so it was remote. And uh, the first day started with keynotes by the DSAG member of the board, um, Stefan Peach, who is heading all the technology units in the DSAG, and by Jürgen Müller, CTO of SAP. The topic of the DSAG um, technology days is given, I think, uh, no, it's around. Given here, so if you're watching it, you can see it. Um, it's hyperchange. So it's all around the the fast changes that are hitting us, not only from a technology perspective, but also from from a whole perspective. Like now, we're still in the depth of a pandemic, um, and we have to adapt to that. We we will not go back to what was before, there will be a kind of a new normal. And we have to adapt to that, not only we, but also companies. And this is what was kind of the um, the baseline for Steffen Peach's keynote. So how can we adapt to that? How can we as an IT support that to not go back to the old normal, but to bounce forward to the new normal and get more resilient around the topics? and. On this baseline, he picked up three pillars, uh, namely analytics, cloud, and development, where he wanted to, first of all, highlight how they support this so-called bounce forward. And then he wanted to uh, dig into the points that, well, our feedback from the user group towards SAP. So in general, um, the baseline for all three topics was um, all the three topics really support the bounce forward. So they are essential for that. But each and every area, so analytics, cloud, as well as development, are not a, a lonely playground for SAP. There are a lot of other players on that area. And that's something that SAP has to keep in mind. So there is a lot of competition and one very important baseline is the higher the hurdle to get from the existing offering of SAP to the new offering, and the, the more difficult it is to calculate the business value, the more likely it will be that customers will take a look at non-SAP offerings and maybe they will change to that new vendor. So the business case must be there for these new solutions. And what's also important, I, I will come to that in, in every section, is that the, the clarity must be there concerning the offering itself, concerning the strategy, concerning the roadmap, because otherwise um, customers will not buy in. And what's also important, and that's something that's kind of stressed in, I think, each and every keynote of DSAG. And I, as I said before, Microsoft, I think, got it. I'm not quite sure if SAP has really got it. It's cloud first and not cloud only. So it's okay to, to bring innovations first in the cloud, but it's not okay to just let them live in the cloud because there are restrictions uh, that, that currently cannot be overcome. So um, let's go to the first topic, analytics. And um, of course, analytics supports you in data-driven decisions and, and um, really helps you to, to get your, your handle on this change and 
uh, go in the right directions. Because if you have real-time analytics, I mean, you you see what hap what's happening and, and you make better decisions. Now, mapping that to the, the SAP portfolio, um, Stefan picked up, of course, the SAP Analytics Cloud, where SAP made a lot of progress. And that was highly appreciated by the German-speaking user group. Well, that's only the, let's say, front end. That's just a visualization of the, um, the data. It's important, of course, but the, the hard work, the magic happens somewhere in BW. And BW is a quite hot topic in the area of SAP because um, the kind of ECC uh, counterpart in the BW world is BW on HANA or BW on NEDB. And now as customer, you kind of have to switch to either BW for HANA, which is the, the sister brother um, counterpart of S4 HANA. When it comes to BW, at least, that's was what the name kind of implies. But there is also the data warehouse cloud that SAP pushed, um, I think now over a year ago. Now, the problem with these offerings is the roadmap for BW for HANA is um, not really great looking. So it's basically some new functionalities this year, next year, but um, no really vision around PW4, which, well, does not lead to trust into the offering. Then we have, um, there are licenses necessary for BW for HANA that are not less necessary for BW. And the licensing model is not cheap. And what comes on top to that cost is if you go from BW to BW4, a migration is necessary because within BW, I'm not an expert, but I, I think that a lot of artifacts that you used to model in the old BW world are not there in the new BW world because they made a consolidation. They simplified the stuff, which makes sense. But then a migration path has to be offered that does not lead to extreme costs. Now, okay, then um, if we anyway have to change, let's go to the cloud. And that would be data warehouse cloud. But here, um, the functionality that you would need to drive a, a business warehouse, data warehouse, it is by no means there. And SAP themselves recommend a hybrid model. So you should use BW4 HANA in conjunction with a data warehouse cloud, which is absolutely not feasible for, um, for a customer, especially for the costs. So um, based on these points, missing roadmap, unclear future licenses, migration costs, problems with the business case, the, um, well, the, the homework for, for SAP is hopefully quite clear. Now that was one pillar that uh, Stefan dived into. There was a second pillar that was the cloud. Of course, cloud is super important when it comes to the bounce forward because it enables the agility, it enables innovations. But taking it to the level of the, the, let's say, enterprise customers, there are a lot of challenges that they face concerning IT security, concerning um, data privacy, data security. As I said before, and as it was stressed during this keynote, customers will stay in a hybrid environment. Uh, so a lot of complexity comes in with respect to the current operations model when you go to a hybrid environment. Of course, also if you build solutions in a hybrid environment, the complexity will increase. 
in order to deal with all that stuff. You need skills within your company that you usually don't have now. And one very important topic is trust. So, um, of course, you give away some, some responsibility to the cloud provider and you get rid of some, some headaches, um, but you pay a price for that. Um, and it's important that you have trust into the offering, into the, the cloud, be it as an infrastructure, be it as a platform, um, in order to make that move. Now, mapping that to the SAP area, uh, the, the homework was again clearly formulated by the DSAG, namely Stephen Peach, um, that the expectations when it comes to cloud offerings, be it business technology platform, core, whatever you want to call the successor of SAP Cloud Platform, be it uh, the software as a service offerings, like SuccessFactors, Conquer, and so on, um, there must be an added value, because otherwise you will not move. And the business case must be easily calculatable. If this is not the case, customers will not move. This is also important because um, currently in, in a lot of places and picking up the data warehouse cloud example again, you currently pay more for less functionality and that's, that's not feasible. So the functionality must be at least equal. Um, I think it should always be additional functionality in there and additional value in there. Then one point that was stressed and I think that is stressed all over the place again and again, is the integration, the integration with SAP uh, solutions. So the internal integration kind of, the customers expect, why? Because the ERP was highly integrated solution. You had all in place and now you move to the cloud because there are benefits and now you expect the same, especially if you have packages that are from the same vendor. But um, picking up the point from, from the start, SAP is not the only player in this, in this field. So um, there are other solutions. Customers are using other solutions that became quite clear when you take a look at the, the investment report that came out at the beginning of January by the SAG. Um, so the integration with non-SAP solutions should also be easy because this really helps you to build uh, trust. And um, this is something that must not be forgotten. Then in addition, there is the topic of extensions because um, SAP is really doing a lot around extension building, and there is also a lot of um, value in there for customers. They, they heavily extended their systems. There has to be a path, a road, a migration path in order to, to make that feasible for customers to, to get this extension running again, or at least to, to be able to, um, let's say, get rid of the extensions that they don't need anymore. And of course, again, big point that was stressed was the topic around the uh, hybrid deployments, the hybrid scenarios that customers has, have uh, that must not be forgotten when we talk about cloud. There was one short statement about RISE with SAP. So um, the point was that the approach absolutely makes sense because it goes quite beyond um, a lift and shift. Um, but, but that's basically it. So we have to see what, what is really now around or behind this, I would call it marketing fluff that's currently pushed with Rise with SAP and see what is now really happening there. And yeah, that's, I, I mean, it was mentioned, it has to be mentioned, of course, because it was one big announcement, but um, 
now it has to prove what comes. Now, the last area that uh, Stefan also uh, stressed was the area of development, of course. Um, as I, I said before, extension is a big topic in the SAP area. Customers have highly modified systems, so it was all around extending SAP systems. And what I really liked about the keynote, and I think that was worth two slides, is that Stefan heavily stressed that a dogmatic discussion around cyber side extensions makes absolutely no sense. So, um, and that, that heavily resonated with me because um, this is really the, the key topic. If you do extensions of an SAP system, respect the use case, respect the business case. It makes absolutely no sense to put the stuff into a side-by-side -side extension, although from, from, a, from a development and from an architectural perspective, this is an extension that you have to build within the core. And that, that was really important to stress that because when you look at the slides, especially SAP slides, you kind of get the impression that you have to do everything now as a side-by-side -side extension. Now then, of course, the, the uh, business technology platform extension suite was a big topic uh, that uh, Stefan mentioned and that he uh, elaborated on. Of course, the API and events were important. That was also picked up later by, by Jürgen Müller. Um, then there was the topic of the NEO migration because this uh, kind of old um, yeah, spark that, that started the... Um, the business technology platform is not sunsetted. It's still supported, but it's for, for new customers, it's not, not the way to go. And old customers kind of should go away. Question is where to go. Question is when to go. So um, that was one topic. Second topic was uh, the freedom of choice. If you think about business technology platform, you have a lot of runtimes, you have a lot of services, but there are currently some silos because some services cannot be used across all runtimes. I think every service cannot be consumed across all runtimes, but I'm not 100% sure. So that, that's a quite a problem with this freedom of choice because there is, you, you have to make a choice and the choice has consequences. So the expectation that, um, or the expectations, the homework that um, Stefan put on the table of SAP is um, that the, there is the need for true guidelines, there's the treat need for, um, let's say, um, decision trees for architectural blueprints in order to make the life of the customer easier, to make the right choice. Then there was also the point stressed that the investments that have been made must be secured. It's not only about new, it's about cloud in general. Currently, there is Kubernetes, there's Cloud Platform, uh, Cloud Foundry, pardon me. Um, but but the technology will evolve further. And perhaps in five years, there are, there are two, three, five, four new, um, new runtimes within the business technology platform. And as a customer, um, it's important that even if you go now, perhaps down the, the chemo path, that your investment is secured no matter what happens underneath. And there was one very important thing that was, I think, stressed by a lot of people out there be it SAP mentors, be it people like, like Tobias Hoffmann and his blogs, um, your SAP focus on business services. This is your home turf. And this is where customers trust you to add value. And that was, was really important. Um, so 
Um, I think the, the points that Stefan made were very, very valid, and there is still a lot of homework to do on the SAP side. Now, there was also a call to action for developers in there, um, picking up the statement of uh, ABAP's not bad, um, but um, ABAP is not enough. So the point is that the ecosystem is super is changing super fast. So there is also a hyper change within the development area. And I'm also talking about a ABAP. So ABAP is there, it will be there to stay. There is a lot of code um, that, that adds value within ABAP that is existing now and that will live in the future. But ABAP is also involving. So for the developers, I think the, the most important topic was learn. The message was, hey, go forward, learn new things, get in touch with the new stuff so that not only the, the kind of outer environment and the stuff that SAP delivers helps you with the bounce forward, but you are also capable to, to participate in this bounce forward. So that was also, I think, a really important key message from uh, Stefan's um, keynote. Now, that keynote was followed by a keynote by uh, Jürgen Müller, CTO of SAP. Um, the, the keynote started more or less with a kind of a checklist, uh, picking up the topics of last DSHE technology days and um, transferring that to what happened. One important point um, was UX harmonization, um, where SAP showed some progress um, to make it more aligned on the, on the user interface layer. Then there was the topic security by default. That's also something that DSHE brought up where they also made some progress. Then there is the topic of the security dashboard, where SAP made no progress. At least that was my impression. And then uh, trust and investment, yeah. Um, how can you move forward there and how SAP uh, invested there? Uh, then there was the topic of the API Business Hub, which is also one um, piece of the puzzle um, in order to make side-by-side extensions, because if you do not have APIs, if you do not have business events, you will not be able to build uh, side-by-side extensions. And um, here, um, Jürgen Müller brought forward all the topics around the improvements in the SAP, in the API Business Hub. And uh, what's also important, he um, clearly stated about the options to influence the API Business Hub via the Customer Influence Program, which is there now, I think, nearly for every solution. And what's the idea? Usually, you, maybe you, you find an API that is partially fitting, but not missing some functionality, or you didn't even find an API, then this Customer Influence Portal is the way to go. Um, where you can bring in your idea, um, and then it's kind of a, a voting, thingy and SAP has to pick that up. It will be interesting to see how fast SAP is capable to respond because it's not easy. Um, I, I really understand there the, on, on the one hand side, the expectation of the customers, but on the other hand side, the, the points that SAP has to uh, consider in order to make a really timely response and also a timely delivery of the new functionality that is requested. So that will be really um, something that we have to watch what happens there. Well then, 
of course, um, Jürgen Müller and picking up here the saying of Holger Müller um, talked about the business technology platform because business technology platform is everything that Jürgen Müller does. Um, it's all that is, is in his responsibility. And there he um, talked about the idea around the business technology platform here. I want to reference back to the blog post by um, Tobias Hoffmann. So he picked that up quite nicely. And uh, he quite clearly stated what technology categories are part of the um, SAP technology platform. So they are focusing on integration. That's quite clear. That's the, the integration suite. Um, then we have extensibility, which is the SAP extensibility suite. And we have a topic that's called data to value, which is all around analytics, data management, database management. Um, he also brought up the, the suit qualities. I think they have been mentioned already also over a year ago. Um, and kind of also draw the link to the um, topics that he brought at the start with his checklist. So we had the seamless user experience that is also a suite uh, quality. <clears throat> we have the consistent security and identity management, which picks up the uh, security by default topic. Then we have an aligned domain model, which is this one domain model um, graph API uh, topic that's about integration. There is an embedded cross products, embedded and cross product functionalities like analytics. We have also the topic of one workflow that is a sweet quality. So there should be one consistent way how things go through um, the, the ecosystem. Then there is the coordinated lifecycle management. Mm, yeah, I have my opinion on that one, but let's see what, what comes out there. And of course, there are process blueprints. Um, yes, they are useful, but we also need technical architectural blueprints on how to build extensions. So he then highlighted, if I remember correctly, um, three topics with the end-to-end -end processes, picking up, I think, the, the topic of the guidelines. He picked up security and he picked up the, the one domain model. And drove a bit deeper into that, but there are no, no breaking news that came out. It, uh, if you saw tech ads, then everything is well known. Uh, he tried to also answer the, the topics around the Business Warehouse and the BW4 HANA and the um, Data Warehouse Cloud topic, trying to answer the, the points that um, Stefan brought up. I, I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not a data warehouse guy. I did not see that the questions were answered. So the basic questions from my perspective still remain. Now, what I want to highlight and also coming to an end of, of the, the wrapping up the keynote was one part of Jürgen's keynote that was really great to see. And I think this is where the, let's say, the footprint of Thomas Hertz, who is now heading this, this area of the runtimes in the business technology platform, uh, comes into play. Uh, and that's good because uh, Thomas Hertz is really, um, um, from my perspective, a thought leader in that area and brings in uh, fresh perspectives into the, the SAP um, internal sphere. So um, there were two slides that, that uh, Jürgen brought up. The first one was showing. 
where they see their runtimes, kind of a, of a very, very rough guideline um, with respect to one quality of the runtimes, um, when to use what. So the, there was a um, kind of a line where you were on the right-hand side, you had the, the highest flexibility, and then the left-hand side, you had the highly prescriptiveness, which means you do not have to care about a lot of things. You just put in your code and let it run. And um, on this on this uh, line, he picked or, or he he draw all the different runtimes in there and where there are positions. So starting from let's say Kima, which is highly flexible, but you also pay a price for that. And then on the on the other part of the story, there is Kima functions, the thing formerly known as serverless runtime, the thing formerly known as um, functions as a service beta or however they they called it. Um, which is now Kima functions. And in between, there is the, the ABAP runtime, of course, which is well-known ground for, for SAP customers, partially because, well, ABAP changed. And there is Cloud Foundry in there. And that was quite good to see that they um, now really purely focus on, on giving you runtimes. And depending on the use case that you have, there is no silver bullet. But depending on the use case, you can now choose between different offerings and um, think about the, the trade-offs that you want to have and then choose the right um, runtime. That was one part of the story. Second part of the story was also great to see because, as I said before, and as, as, as Stefan mentioned before in his keynote, of course, um, currently it's not possible to freely um, arrange runtimes and services because the services within Cloud Platform are highly depending on the runtime. They are runtime specific. So if you have services within Cloud Foundry, they are just there in Cloud Foundry. If you have services in Neo, they are just there in Neo. So in order to make the life in the future easier and to answer the questions that, that um, Stefan brought up concerning the um, securing the investment, being able to, to move forward as a customer, um, they now split it, those, this story up, and that absolutely makes sense. Saying, okay, I have one platform, I have the, the business technology platform, and within the platform, I have services. I have an event bus service, which is more a technical service. I have a, a HANA cloud service, which is the HANA service. And I also have um, business services, like a business partner services. And those services are there, and you can freely combine them with the different runtimes. So you can have an absolutely cross-consumption of the services. And that's great. So underneath, you have the choice of your runtimes, and you can you can link in the, the services that you want to use, and that doesn't no longer depend on runtimes. There is quite some way to go to achieve that, and I think that's not easy for SAP uh, to, to redo all that stuff, but that's the way to go. And that's something that I think um, is some, some great light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and this could also drive forward the, the adoption of the business technology platform because that just makes sense. Um, what's also uh, quite, quite interesting is that uh, at the bottom line, there are also hyperscaler runtimes mentioned. Um, although there were hyperscale runtimes mentioned. Uh, let's see what that means. Um, how you can bring in other runtimes in there, because that's, that's then really interesting. 
if you can consume business technology platform services within the cloud platform with hyperscale runtimes, maybe also outside of it. I don't know. So um, this is really something that was great because the, the rest of the keynote was, from my perspective, not super convincing by Jürgen Miller, but it was okay. Um, he he um, tried to answer some questions. He, he also showed that there was some progress in the collaboration between DSAG and SAP. But this uh, two slides on the business technology platform were, were really great to see um, in order to have a perspective where the SAP, where the business technology platform is moving. Yeah, so that that's basically it. Wrapping up the uh, DSAG technology days, basically the, the keynotes by Steffen and, and Jürgen. Of course, there have been a lot of other sessions during the technology days, but they were very, very specific, but of course, very interesting. Now, um, with that, I finish my news wrap for this week. It was a bit of a, a longer session due to the technology day news, um, but I hope I could give you some, some new information. I hope I could make you curious about some stuff. And yeah, wish you a nice Friday, wish you a nice weekend, and until next week, bye. And until next week, bye.